What's up? It's good to be back. We've been very quiet. Yes. But today we've got a special guest. Very special guest. Can't wait to talk to this guy. Welcome back to Mamak Sessions. Let's go. Some people uh, told me that the intro was a little bit too long. No, is it? I don't care. It's like, oh, it's good music, anyways. No, is the whole idea is for you to just prepare yourself. You know, like yourself. Like go get a speaking. cup of coffee or whatever. But what if they're listening in the car? Like, where are they gonna go? Do well, you know what I mean? They could shut their passenger up and is pay it? attention to what we're about to say for the show. Yeah, I, I don't know. How have you been, man, Ryan? I'm. I've been good. I've been tired. It's- yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been a crazy <laughs> month, so it's gonna get crazier. Yeah, we we okay. Just so you know, we've been kind of like uh, trying our really our really best to put out content yeah. on our YouTube channel, but at the same time, we're doing a lot of commercials as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So please bear with us. But uh, enough of that. Today's guest. Um, okay, here's the back end story. I tried to get in touch with him, and he's really busy. He's a really busy man. And he's a we really were set. successful man. Very successful. See, successful people confirm busy one. Yeah. They don't lie. Okay. Um, and we we were set to actually have. <laughs> an interview session. Then all of a sudden, there was this virus going around called coronavirus. And it, all of a sudden, oh, we went into a lockdown. Day, you know, just, just COVID-19. Only. Yeah, and I was like, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we don't have it because, you know, it's not, not the appropriate time. But I'm uh, really happy to have you back on the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Brian Lu. Hi, guys. Thanks, Jin. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, um, okay, of course... You, someone like you needs no introduction, but for, 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 the, for our listeners who are listening for the first time, could you please explain to them what you do? Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, um, so um, I'm selling bubble tea. Okay, He's trying how, to be so humble. Yeah, it's no. just like, I'm selling, like, like, as if like the auntie who sell, oh, you know, I just sell uh, nasi lemak by the roadside. Yeah, <laughs> so every time he says that, let me trust it, sorry. He owns a bubble tea empire and that's just the start of the story. Go on, go on. Yeah, so I started um F&B company to, um, to be more specific mm-hmm. um, that related to bubble tea uh, about 10 years ago. So today uh, we managed to grow uh, into multiple brands. Yep. Um, and then we have about 500 stores uh, nationwide. Exactly. Wow. Guys, 500. We're, we're speaking to the head honcho wow. of Tea Live, uh, whereby uh, my staff always takes advantage <laughs> of the every Thursday, what is it? Thursday, Thursday. Tea Live deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, it's like a thing where everybody goes for lunch, you have lunch. And after yeah. lunch, there's Tea, tea Live. live. <laughs> <laughs> Get our boba fix on. Yeah, but okay. I would say that you're probably the first person that brought bubble tea and made it huge in Malaysia? I don't think we claim ourselves as first um, pioneer in the industry. I think we, we, we came in early to modernize the industry. Yes. I think before that, there was a lot of more um, older players, yep. and mm-hmm. a bit more old school, and then you see a lot in bu- um, Pasamalam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot. That's the kind where they, I remember it's like the melon bubble tea, uh, and they put the powder. Actually, one, if, right? if you can remember, right? Um, about 10 years ago, when people talk about bubble tea, the first reflection is started from Pasamalam. Yes. Mm, yeah, yeah. So I think you, if you can imagine, that's how difficult the early journey looked like. Mm. Because every time when I, I was telling people that, you know, long time ago, I wanted to start, start a bubble tea, right? The first statement is, why do you get it from Australia and then you went and go and sell bubble tea in Pasamalam? Oh. <laughs> that's the first statement. Oh, man. Oh, but it's, 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 yeah, I mean, I, Pasar Malam, right? The bubble tea was supposedly like, oh, I got melon juice, I got orange juice, and I yeah, got bubble juice. Yeah, it's not even tea. To give you, you yeah, to give you added value, I put some black things inside and let you chew. Yeah, yeah. That basically, sometimes, and it's inconsistent. I think Ryan's right. They are not even tea. They're not even tea. They're just curing powder. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's That's the flavor, it's the flavor only, and there's yeah. no tea in there. Yeah, then what made you kind of like, uh, sort of transitions? Okay, I know this sells in Pasar Malam, and today it's different because you know, like you don't get in Pasar Malam. It's, it's in malls, yeah. right? You, you have stores in patrol stations. You have in in malls. You have in Atas area. You have in uh, you everywhere. Yeah, you're everywhere. So how did you kind of vision? Like, was there a vision for you to bring something that is so like like humble to make it something like such a big empire it is today? So I think the the simple question is. Um, do we ever see um, we can come to this far? I think the answer is clearly no. Mm-hmm. So I think every time when we first started our store, mm-hmm. our first vision is to open two stores. I see. 
That's all. And the first question my dad asked me, right? How many stores do you envision when you first started your first store, right? How many stores do you envision that you eventually open? 10 stores. 10 stores? 10 stores. So that's your goal? That's our goal. In how many years? Um, we, we achieve it between the, the same year. Yep. But the first and second store take us six months. All right. But the second store and 40 stores take us between one year. Oh, wow. 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 So in that, in that one year, you've the growth has been way exponential. No, actually, when we open up first stall and second stall, right, the most we can ever see ourselves, 10 stall. Wow. But after we get to 10 stall, and then my dad asked the second question, right? So how do you envision that, you know, five years down the road, how many stall you want to open? And do you know what I tell my, my father? Mm-hmm. If I can ever open 20 stall, that's it. I'm going to be very, very happy man in my life. Wow. Since the guy with 500 stall. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> so, so I think what, what I'm trying to explain is, um, we never actually able to see our future. Mm. Not at all. Right. I think every time when we get to 10 stall, the most we can see is 20 stall. When we get to 20, we say, okay, I think if you put enough hard work, enough focus and commitment, we get 35 stalls. Right. And then 50, and then 70, 100. So I think it's really with just one stall at a time to where we are today. Yeah, so, I yeah. think it's, so like what you're trying to say is that we shouldn't look too far ahead. We, can be, we, we, we have to out. take it step by step. Uh, like, what's the next achievable yeah. goal? What's the next realistic achievable goal? And we just don't stop in that regards. Yeah. Rather than day one, I come in and say, oh, my goal is to open 1,000 stores. Then but, you always feel like your goal is too far away. But what we really um, learn throughout the process and, mm-hmm. and how do we able to get so quickly in the markets over the one ticket, right? Is we always benchmark people. Mm-hmm. We always mm-hmm. get out to markets and ask ourselves who you want to be next. I see. So because of the benchmark, right, it gives us a, a target and a focus to chase after. Like an objective. Yeah, la. you're right. So every time when we set the target, we chase, okay, this target had 50 outlets in the market. We want to chase them. So once we get a 50, who's our next benchmark? Oh, this outlet, this brand has 120 outlets. We right. want to chase them. Mm. So every time when we set the target, right, we achieve it. Yes. Every time when we set that up, we achieve it. But when we look back, oh shit, it's been a journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been mm-hmm. a journey. So what we learn is, it's, it's not chasing about the number, but always chasing about the targets. Oh, wow. Mm. But of course, when you chase targets, you know, the numbers come in too after that. Yeah, Yeah. naturally. I mean, like you're, you're improving yourself, you're improving your business. Yeah, Every, it's, Everything it's, will yeah. grow together. La. It's insane because when, uh, I think, okay, Back then, I think this has almost been 10 years, right? Yeah. Back then, when uh, when you brought the bubble tea down, you brought it with another brand it's called Cha Time. Yeah. That was the only bubble tea brand, brand that basically has a line in front of them. Mm. Yeah, you know, you, you've yeah. had a lot of these dessert stores and whatever not. Yeah. I mean, I think after that spawned the whole dessert uh, yeah. trend, yep. right? Yep. After the whole bubble tea trend, then they, there was this uh, snowflake or dead flake, yep. you know? Every Taiwan, they, I don't know, Cha Time was positioned as, oh, this is coming from, was it Taiwan? Taiwan, yeah. Yeah, and everybody was lining up. I remember that people were making videos. Our first video uh, on YouTube was also lining up in front of a Cha Time store. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I remember, okay, I, I remember this. I think uh, when we were seeking for sponsorship to shoot in Australia, Cha Time were the first, I mean, your company yep. was the first to actually sponsor uh, our Thanks. flights to go to Australia to shoot. And there was a chat time in Australia, in Melbourne as well. Was that uh, yeah. by you guys as well? No, 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 different people. Different people, but yeah. it's still, okay, under the same network. Yep. So like, for me, it's like, they, they it's like, how, how could uh, a bubble tea, like, you know, brand send us all the way to Australia right. and, and, and do stuff there? And then when we came back, it, you started opening here, there, here, there, here, there, and everywhere. And next thing you know, it became sort of like a trend. It became like sort of like a, a part of a culture. Yeah. I think we've we, we been through this whole cycle of one decade, right? We've mm-hmm. been through four, four times of, we call it a um, wave. Mm. I think the latest wave was just recently and mm-hmm. then it died off. Yeah. 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 So when people say it died off, actually we've seen it four times. Wow, really? Yeah. So people say that, you know, oh, how, how, do, you, how do you look at the wave, the strong, how do you look at the trend? Actually, we've been through, done that four times. Wow. Yeah. And every time, the cycle is always the same. I see. It was so clouded, it was, it was massive elimination. Wow. And then back to, to the last few players. And the last few players skill to next level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the next wave come again. And then because of that wave, these few players skill to next level. Right. So mm. it's always cycle, keep coming back again. And the only thing that sets different from anyone else is really a purpose. Right. And, and okay, so halfway, like throughout, throughout your journey and you brought the brand down as Cha Time and then halfway, I mean, it was all over the news. You decided to kind of branch off from Cha Time and start your own brand. Yeah. So what was that transition like? You know, what, 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 what was it like then? What happened there? I think it was very devastating. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think if you can imagine that uh, we have been this journey together with Char Time for seven years mm-hmm. before we call it a day. Yep. And um, we literally took a brand um, from ground zero. Um, we are the first um, Char Time market out from Taiwan. Yep. We make it a bit of a runaway success and then we grow it to X amount of stores um, and being the largest country in the network. Wait, have. sorry, I just want to, yeah. you, you guys are the first to bring char time out of Taiwan. So yeah. in Malaysia, there's the first char time that's not in Taiwan. Ac- yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. You know, okay. So wow. to me, right, char time was so big. I think, right, Malaysia was the only country that made char time grow exponentially as compared to other countries. Correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. Because yeah. if you go to other countries, oh. there are char time, but not yeah. so vast. Yeah, the network yeah. was not, they were not really available as much as it was in Malaysia. But if you even look at home country, right? Mm-hmm. That time when we took the brand off, it just feel all it's, that's all. Yeah. So it, it was one of the very, very small brand of total network in Taiwan. If you can mm-hmm. imagine Taiwan, Taiwan have thousand world brand. Yeah. Yeah. Even not in the top ranking. Right. So when we took the brand off, relatively small. I think both parties were working very, very hard to grow the brand to ultimately become a multi-country international property brand. Yeah, yeah. We did enough hard work in Malaysia. They do enough hard work in overseas to really grow the brand. Yep. I think before we, that, that's it. And then we, we managed to grow the brand to, to become a household brand. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, like for me, I was under the impression that every chart time around different different parts of the world was under no, <laughs> Malaysia. No, 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 no. You know, it, it, there was even, I mean, for me, right, there were rumors even going around saying that, no lah, chart time is actually not from Taiwan, they actually Malaysian made. They just say made in Taiwan to make you think it's international. Oh. People even think that. If you understand enough, um, in fact, a lot of Malaysian thought that it was originated from Malaysia. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I also thought because I saw so much more of you do you know what we did right early days that you know we, we really enjoy the the growth of the brand is mm. we, we did the first right decision is is to change the Chinese word into an English name. Ah. So if we remember our first song, our Chinese name is mega size. Mm-hmm. And then our English name is tiny size. I see. So what we done right on the second outlet onwards, get rid of the Chinese word put a huge English words to the brand. So yeah. it becomes generic. Exactly. So and it, it becomes so appealed to all races. Yeah, yeah. And there becomes history. Because if you put the Chinese name big, big, right, then your Malay and Indian yeah. patrons, how are they going to read? Yeah. Like even some Chinese bananas, they cannot even read. They to, also don't know what to, to be say. fair, we have no idea why we get rid of the Chinese word that time, but it was the best decision we ever mm. made in our life. Yeah. I mean like, okay, put it this way. La. Let's say, let's say for example, if like an Indian family or a, a Malay family were to see a Chinese word, if they don't understand, they won't buy. I mean, like, you know, if it's a Malay family, they'll think, oh, is this halal or not? And stuff yeah. like that. But if, you yeah. know, when you position it in an English word, which is so universal, they'll be like, oh, you know, that's, that's kind of yeah. nice. That's crazy. So after seven years, you know, you, you, you kind of uh, decided to kind of branch off on your own. What, how was that transition like? What, what caused that transition? So when, we, when things happened, um, it was a really hostile. Yes. Yeah. We don't even realize that there will be a day um, that would, things like that will happen to mm-hmm. us. Right. So when we get struck by hostile, we don't actually realize it until we, we technically wake up with it. And then there was then, we only left 45 days to change the brand. Oh, wow. Yeah. So under the contract constraint, obligations, we're obligated to change the brand between 45 days. Got it. So when you imagine that one day when you wake up, you lose a house that you built for seven years. Yeah. And that was exact feeling by not giving a warning. Oh, wow. So you don't get a, you, you don't get a hint towards what's going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And, and on the day when you wake up, that's it, pump. So I think the, the first thing that came across my thought, right, is not about the brand. It's, shit, we lost a house. Mm-hmm. house. How do we house all the people under the same mm-hmm. roof? Mm-hmm. So where's our next house going to be like? And by that time, we only got 45 days to move on. And how many, how many uh, stores do you have at that, at that moment? Uh, one seven, sorry, one six six. Wow. One so six, it's, six. It's still a very, it's still quite a substantial yeah. amount that you have yeah. to be housed. So one six six stalls, uh, employing close to thousand five hundred people. Oh wow. wow! So the next thing that we we worried, right? It's not entirely just because of the brand. Hey, we lost a brand. No, hey, we lost a house. Yeah. We're supposed to be making a living for all the family members. Today we're losing it over the night. Yeah, people, 1,500 people could potentially lose their jobs. So that's our first thought. Mm. And then second thing, we know that exactly we only got 45 days. So what should we do next? Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of, um, if you understand that scenario, there's so much thing, thousand moving part happening on the same day. Mm-hmm. You got um, PR nightmare, yeah. PR litigations, um, legal issues, um, landlord calling, t- um, 
calling at you and then trying to understand the issue or oh, why, what's happened, shit, what's going to happen to tenancy. Mm-hmm. Stakeholder calling you, customer calling yeah. you. Oh, wow. So there's a thousand moving part on that day, right? It's, it's tremendous. It's not, not that day, but that period of time. That's the only period, you know, I, I couldn't sleep. Oh, yeah, I, couldn't sleep. I could imagine. So, so I'm, I'm a person, right? If you leave me on the plate, you count by three, I'll sleep right away. Oh, four, wow. If four means that I couldn't, you know, I, I lost my sleep. Yeah, okay. yeah. Right. If by four, you don't sleep means you're not sleeping exactly. really. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was a very tough moment. Mm. So I think in a nutshell, uh, how did that come along is, in historical, you can understand, we were starting from ground zero and our, so that our principal, ex-principal was starting from ground zero. I think what we did over the years is five, six years is we really changed the brand. Right. We really changed the industry. We really cultivate bubble tea into something people familiar. Not to say that we, it become a household, but it becomes something really familiar. People will go and hunt for it. It, it, beca- it became a culture. It, 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 it becomes like, you know how, yeah. you know how it just becomes a part of a conversation? Yeah. Like, you know, Every toothpaste is called a Colgate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every bubble tea now is called a tea life. We, we try to get to as, that aspirational, but, but I feel that, you know, it, it really brings us a, a tremendous work to really get that across to become so-called a habit. Mm. Um, I think the relationship went on the other end. Right. Um, over the time, I think most tangible is because if, we can, if I can draw logic to you, then, then you can truly understand about it, right? is the more store you expand, um, the, the more expensive the ingredient become. Yes. So where is the economical skill, right? Mm-hmm. We have been growing the brand tremendously and that was so difficult for every time we try to expand the brand. Mm-hmm. So I think what, what Im, Im, it pulled the relationship apart is when, when our ex-principal um, went, and, went on and, and listed the brand ah, on the, the fifth I see, I see. So they went on a nobody since five years ago mm-hmm. and then suddenly become the first and only publicly listed bubble tea brand in the world in wow. five years. <laughs> five years so to list anything public also is quite amazing. So, so they, went, they went on tremendous journey and, and Malaysia still being the largest uh, yeah. partner at that network at yeah. that time. Right. So I think what, what in a nutshell, what we truly happened the relationship is the relationship really went tense and went difficult because, um, because every time it's no longer a family-driven. Mm-hmm. It's all started as a family-driven business. But it became very money-driven. Become a very professional-driven, profit-driven. Yep. The direction's completely different. And just imagine if I put you in, into a situation like a wet tower. If a wet tower got squeezed every single day, tell me what the wet tower is going to become. Dry, like super dry. Yeah. So the red towel got squeezed, squeezed, squeezed for many, many years, and, and that's what it became. Okay. Yeah, just like relationship. Right. Yeah. If we always um, try to take advantage of the relationship, how far can the relationship go? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Then, so then you then you, you you switched to T Live. We moved on actually. Yeah, you guys yeah. moved on, and it because we, we have no choice. Mm-hmm. If, we, if I articulate clearly, right, it's because we only have forty five days in the contract. Yeah. And the only way is to move on. Because if you don't move on by that time, we will have no name. And how do we operate a brand without name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it turned, out, it turned around very fast though. <laughs> it was really quick. It was very like, we saw, it, okay, this is how it was. I remember going to that store and it was called Cha Time. And the next day it became Tea Live. Straight away, just like that. Like overnight. It's like overnight. Yeah. And then after that, the next week, it already became like, oh, I'm used to it already. <laughs> It, it was a very fast turnaround. And how did you guys manage to execute so that, that, something so quick? That, that 45 days is like equivalent of 10 years in my life. Oh. Yeah. So, so I give you an example, right? When you lost a house, first thing first, right? You don't know where to repair all the defect and all this because you have never been take care of the house. Mm-hmm. Just like you lost, a, you lost your father. Mm-hmm. All this has been done by your father. You lost it because you don't gain, you, you don't repair things. In the house, so overnight we lost something that we reliable, mm-hmm. and we lost somewhere to get our ingredient because we never get ingredient elsewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. we just always get it from our principal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we lost. We had to go and find our ingredients. We had to work it out. We had to understand from ground zero, and it all happened so fast that we had to mediate all the thousand moving parts on a daily basis. Oh wow! And that for the five says because grown up so much so that today 
thank God when we look back we never knew that we make it oh, because okay. at that point in time our, our mindset is only one thing survive yeah. oh. we just want to survive we just want to thrive we just want to survive and get through it so that we can protect the livelihood of our people mm-hmm. and still keeping the business running that's all wow it's crazy and, and now we have 500 stores <laughs> Yeah. I've read in the news that you know loop holding could be. Have you guys been? I mean, you, there are talks about loop holding being listed, and uh, I mean, I mean, I don't really read much of the business, but you know, it was big news. You guys are constantly in the news, and it's always about like you know really big expansions and stuff like that. But uh, I remember we were in Hong Kong uh, for uh, for yeah. a trip once, and then and then it was during the whole entire uh, time where the whole bubble tea craze was crazy. Yeah, and I I, I had a chat with he's like, hey bro, so your tea life are affected uh, with all these. Uh, all these uh, new bubble tea stores that are coming up, and, and, and yeah, yeah, maybe you could share about what you told me back then. So I think when we recall how we all started, right? Um, so we understand the journey as, as on, on the day one when we started the industry, it's not about creating bubble tea hype. Creating a hype is never in the picture at all. Mm-hmm. I think what we're trying to do is modernize the tea drinking experience anywhere we planted our stores. Mm. That's our first vision. Mm-hmm. So every day we do, this is the same purpose, keep us on track or what we're trying to do, right? So I think over the time we met four wave, we are lucky enough to met four wave that really bring the trends to the next level. Right. And every time, everyone call it a trend, but we call it a culture. Yeah. That, that, that's the beginning of our, our mindset. And, and that's what we embedded in our people is we never here to create a trend because trend will go. Trend will always come and go. Mm-hmm. And the, the only thing that will laugh back and people remember and lingering about it is culture. Yeah. yeah. So I think on day one, when we brought bubble tea in because we understand Malaysia has got this yum cha culture. Yeah. About twice, 12 years and has been there for a long time. That tells us one thing. When you imagine about a decade ago, every time when people say, let's go yum cha, let's go yum cha, where do we go? Mama. Mama. Exactly. Mama sessions. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only place we go, which is Mama. Mm-hmm. But Mama is a generic name. It's not even a brand. It's mm-hmm. a so, but, place. La. Exactly. Yeah. So when you look at the other hand, right, coffee, we got Starbucks, Old Town, Paparazzi, Coffee Games, San Francisco, Gorgeous. Everyone was occupied the space of coffee, but on the other hand, tea has nobody. Right. So that was the first intention. We understand that there was assisting, um, assisting culture, but just don't have a name that represents the whole entire category. Oh, so okay. that was the beginning of our motivation to yeah. get into the industry. And that time, because we found bubble tea, is because we went to Taiwan and really witnessed that tremendous industry. Means that every street when you go, five stores, six stores, yeah. seven stores, the whole industry, 21,000 stores. Yep. That's like people daily life. First question I ask myself, why would this modern tea drinking culture not being present in Malaysia? Mm-hmm. We already have our yum cha culture, which is already, by the way, people are drinking tea. tea yeah. They just don't drink enough tea. They just don't drink a modern tea. Right. So that was the first uh, motivation to find a brand because we don't have know-how. I've never been to F&B before. I was biotechnology grad. <laughs> have nothing to do with F&B and our family members, um, no one has ever in F&B. Right. So then I was inspired by industry and I thought that, you know, I want to move this thing to Malaysia. So it started from there. We met 4Wave and we still keep close to our mission, which is really about modernizing the tea drinking experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So today I think we are lucky enough to survive is because we never go and chase for the trend. We mm-hmm. always keep through yeah. to what we're trying to do. Everywhere we planted our stores, we want to make sure that we cultivate the, the tea same, drinking mm. experience in that community. Yeah. So everywhere we go, we do the same. I mean, it's yeah. quite, I mean, like you can, you can see that, like, like you said, the trend comes and goes and with it, you can, like recently, I know in SS15, a lot of the stores there also have come and gone. But like, you know, tea life is still there to stay, you know, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. I think the trend have really helped people, a lot of people to either find their jobs, find their career, I think in my life, I truly recognize it. I think I find a calling. Mm-hmm. And I think that calling is really, really shaped a modern theater and cultures in the community. And by the way, created a Malaysian own very, very own brand. Mm. Yeah. And from that brand, we can span out to become really Malaysian founded international brand. Wow. So I think it's all seed. And from one time to next, it become clearer vision. It's not that first day when I start an industry, oh, I want to create an international brand. No way. Mm-hmm. No way. It's only today it becomes clearer and clearer every time we step forward. It's basically one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be too ambitious in the first go. It's like just like how you mentioned, like, you know, you, you thought that you're going to be 10 stores and be happy, yeah. 20 stores and be happy. And now and that you've got 500 stores. And and, and yeah. we, we never knew that we, we were aggressive type of people also. We never knew that we were able to grow a bubble tea store like a convenience store. We never in a dictionary. 
we never knew that Bubble City had got a chance to grow like a convenience store. Yeah. But every time we just continue to stay close with our mission and somehow the missions really lead to really grow and, and, and groom the industry. What, what started off as like a bubble, just bubble tea only, uh, branched out to different, different types of drinks. Mm-hmm. I think some places where have, it's a little bit more- They have more, food also. They have some, food as some well. Some stores have food. Yeah. I think what we did um, along the way, some of the turning point, um, I think one of the largest turning point is we asked ourselves, how many shopping malls in Malaysia? And if we were to occupy all the shopping malls, right, where else can we grow? Mm-hmm. So and we, when we talk about so much about these modern tearing cultures, right, when we talk about cultures, we need to go to where the culture is. Mm-hmm. When the culture is, right, we ask ourselves, so where do Malaysians go on daily basis? They, they're not going to the mall every day. They go once a, a week, uh, once every fortnight. Mm-hmm. But where do they go? They go to petrol stations. Yeah. They go to petrol stations two to, two to three times a week to fill up or either they go to transportation hub. That's where the daily daily habit is. Yeah. So then about five years ago, um, we tell ourselves, I think we are almost 70% or more there. Wow. If we continue to stretch, there's only 30% that we can go. But if we can look beyond where the Malaysian daily lifestyle is, I think we can really truly build a household brand. So five years ago, I think we, we, we came across with Shell and they opened up a, a first opportunity for us to, to look at Barbie store inside a petrol station. Yeah. And at the beginning, they are very conservative and they don't think that it will work. Mm-hmm. And neither, neither we, because we just feel that, you know, we, we got to give it a try. We got to give it a try because if we break through, that's it. Malaysia has 3,500 petrol stations. <laughs> that's so, a lot so of petrol we, stations. Yeah, our mission, if we can take down 30%. If we can take down 30%, so means we have 1,000 locations of wow. petrol stations. On top, we have 500 over store of assisting stalls. Wow. That's where the market size is. Yeah. So we tell, then we, 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 we spoke to the team and we, we really put the team together and say, we die, die, gotta make it happen. Mm-hmm. Make it work in petrol stations. Because petrol station is the new growth. Yeah, it's the new growth. It's really where the Malaysian is. If every day they're gonna put fuel, they see you, they will one day force yeah. to drink. Get forced to drink. Right. So I think that's where we break through our first store, Pfizer's Golden Shell. Yep. And we quickly we, we, we expanded about 30 over store Shell before we kickstart our relationship with Petronas. Yeah. So I think today Petronas about 110 locations. Wow. That's crazy. So we got about um, 150 locations just across the petrol stations and still understanding that that's just the beginning of the journey. Right. So you can fill up your petrol tank and your belly also at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, just out of curiosity, you know when you see all these new brands come into the market, right? Do you actually like go and line up and then buy one and then, hmm. Market research. <laughs> market research is like, hey, this one, ah. Uh. <laughs> so, so frankly speaking, I, I, I didn't line, but I definitely get the team to buy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I think, to be fair, I think, we need to understand the industry. Yeah. Yeah. I think to be fair, there's a lot of excellent product out there. But we always understand that, you know, um, to be long, long and sustainable in the market, you doesn't need to offer the perfect product. You just need to offer good product. Right. Because when we look at industry, um, some of the most sustainable brands offer good product. Uh, so they don't offer perfect product, you see. Consistency. Because, because perfect product has a lot of constraint in supply chain, operations. You can't scale. I think eventually we just want to give everyone a good product. Right. Yeah. I think that's our thought process. I think good product came from a right price point. Mm. Right yeah. price points mean people can drink you every day. Don't, they don't get broke. Yeah. 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 So I think this is what our, our mantra is. Yeah. We want people able to access to our product. We want to cultivate because it's so affordable. People can drink it for a long time, higher frequency, then it becomes a culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tea Life is definitely one of the more affordable options. Compared I think it's to the most affordable ones. Yeah. Like the, the new ones that open up, like they'll be like 21 bucks for a, oh, for yeah. a bubble, for a milk tea with like a gula malacca bubble boba. And I'm like, oh. I, I think it's good for industry as a whole. Because we, we have McDonald's, we have Burger Labs, mm-hmm. and, you know, we, there's always a, a range of products mm. and it's up to the consumer to choose which one they like and all this. Right. But, but, but what we always believe is we want to create a really affordable product for Malaysian. Okay, a so affordable that, and a good product too. Yeah, if we couldn't do that, right, we, we couldn't live up to our expectations to go a thousand stalls. Yeah. Because mm. we, that kind of price point, no way. Hard, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. You see like, like luxury, luxury goods also, they don't open like their stores in that kind of box compared to a store like McDonald's, you know, it's affordable, then they can scale up to that kind of size. Yeah, luxury luxury sense. is a different thing yeah. altogether. They just like, you know, they don't need that many stores because their price point already exactly, is exactly. super yeah. crazy. But it's amazing though, because like, I remember like a lot of people always say this, uh, 
Like when the bo- when the bo- they call it boba. Do you, mm. do you call it bubble tea or you call it tanji lai cha? They call it boba. Do you have you started calling it boba yet? Actually, boba is from US. Yeah, I know yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah, we we call it bubble tea, but the pearl we call it pearl. They call pearl. it boba. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so so before the no boba, right boba before yeah. before we understood US had the boba trend, right? We already had bubble yes, tea. Yes. yes right. Yes. I don't know. You studied in the states when you had. Like, so there, when I was studying there, there was only one place that had like I would say decent boba in my whole university town there. Uh, I don't know if you heard this brand, Kung Fu Tea. Yeah, Kung Fu yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So in my town, there's this is the only place that we could go and get boba. La. The rest of it was like, eh, it was kind of bad. Really? And then now they like, I think boba guys were the ones that kind of yeah, like revolutionized. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yes. I think I didn't have that in my place. So oh, you didn't? Kinda, yeah, yeah, we tried. We tried. <laughs> that's New York, I think. I think uh, it's in New California. York, California. New York yeah. also has one. Oh, it, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But they had to shut down though because of the whole yeah, pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that's quite that's quite sad. Yeah. How did how did you how, okay how did how did T Live uh, kind of sustain during the whole MCO process? You know what was like obviously when when everybody was in lockdown. It, could have been a lot of worries with all your stakeholders yeah. and stuff like that. How did you overcome that? So, so I think no one gets spared in this whole pandemic. Issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we, we, we happened to us on the same um, on the same situation as well. I think what we did on the first hardest decision we made during that time is to postpone our IPO. Mm, yeah. Okay. Just imagine a train that almost reaching your destination that you had to jump brake, jump brake, and then force the whole train to stop. Mm-hmm. So I think the dif- decision was very difficult at the beginning. Right. Yeah. But I think what we we keep. I think what we did right over the years, right, is keeping at the right pace. I think entrepreneurship is really like a marathon. Yeah. So I think that the key to victory is always on the pace. I see. So what, what we did a long time ago is we, we always said, you know, we, we gotta when you look at traffic light, right, you, you got green, you got yellow, and then you got red, right? Always keeping yourself on yellow color. Uh. Because when you hit on the yellow color, you wanna hit on the green and red, it's so easy. But when you stop everything else and trying to stop and think, because we you reunite back the step, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to take you longer. Mm. So by keeping the right pace that time, uh, on the first day of lockdown, I thought that, you know, shit, everyone else is at home, right? So if our store is all lighting outside and couldn't do anything, what else can we do? So I thought that, you know, let's try with my daughter. Mm-hmm. So my daughter is actually, um, um, my, my, my wife bought a machine, the Thermomix machine. Yep, yep. And then they have been playing around with my daughters and, and, and actually that time, I actually give, gave my daughter an assignment and said, you know, if, if you can make your first 1,000 ringgit at your age, what would the product look like, right? So that time they were using the Thermomix to make, make the burn, burn cheesecake. Right. And my daughter, two of my daughters said, you know, why not we sell burn cheesecake? Then I said, okay, if you want to sell burn cheesecake, I will use, daddy will use, daddy and mommy will use our social media to help you promote and then we sell from home. Right. That was on the first day. Right. So then we did on the first day, and they managed to sell 55 cakes wow. <laughs> on the second day's order. Wow. So the first thing I knew that time, everything worked from home, take off. Yes. Everything that you sell at home, take off. So they inspired, my daughter inspired me to did the first DIY kit. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So the first DIY kit was so old school that everything else you couldn't get access to. I couldn't get the box, probably buy a box. <laughs> I have to go to the bakery um, 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 supplier, bakery end, to go and buy some generic like, box. Yeah. I, go and, I go to my nearest store to steal some couple of ingredients, put them together and sell the first box. Wow. That was the first box. But because we, we started that first step, on the first week, we sold 150 sets. Yeah, wow. I saw that. That's crazy, dude. And, and then we asked ourselves, what have we done right to deserve this? Mm-hmm. Actually, when we look back at the history, in, in that historical journey, right? It's because we never stop right. mm. trying. Is you, all, you keep, you keep just re-innovating. Keep going. We just yeah. keep going. Sometimes you hit the wall. Sometimes you might not get right to the right formula on the first day, but we just keep going. And somehow rather by keep going, we find some formula to, to, some, to getting things right. right. So I think, and then throughout the whole MCO, we did over 25 new initiatives. I could say 50% not taking off. <laughs> Only yeah. 50% it took off. But all of them, the first thing that keep the pace going was DIY kit. Wow. I think that's quite important also, like what you mentioned, you, you had 25 different ideas, innovations, yeah. initiatives, and like maybe half of them take off. And a lot of people will just focus on the half that took off and they don't think about the half that doesn't take off. Actually, out of the 25, half take off, the, peop- the things that people thought is only the four out of the 25. Mm. So, so what we understand is, because that we never give up in the MCO, we never tell ourselves that, you know, we stay at home, we couldn't do anything. We just 
have to leave it to God and to decide, right? We keep going, keep going, keep doing, keep, keep trying to get out of the box, right? We do 25 stuff, there's four things become taught the town. Right. Yeah. And that four things become really big taught the town. Yeah. And it gained back all the glories. Mm. Yeah, so that means you can't, you can't expect everything to work 100%. Yeah. You got to focus on those that work. Exactly, exactly. And they'll overpower the rest. So, so we started on with the DIY kit and, and, then, and then it mellowed down a bit because we couldn't get our formula right later on. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, e-commerce is just not on your hand. It's, yeah, it's yeah. our first e-commerce project in our life. Yeah. We went on brick mortar into unknown territory selling DIY kit on e-commerce. It's a new uncharted territory. The sales was up and down, big up, big down. <laughs> and then the next thing came in was the Wars ice cream. Ah, uh, mm, yes, yes, yes ice I cream. saw it, yep. My girlfriend loves that ice cream. And, and that really just spiked the whole e-commerce to the next level. So I think it, it always go from one over another, one over another. I think that's how we keep the pace going. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's so, I mean, Walt is, an, Walt is an international brand, right? Yeah, 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 it is. It is. Yeah, to be working with national brand. It, to be working with T Live at to create an ice cream, uh, like bubble ice, ice cream. cream. It's crazy because you know, here you have an international brand together with like you know, a brand that's homemade locally. But you know, it's being perceived as like an international brand as well. I'm just curious though, like your kids, yeah. your kids, right? Have they ever? <laughs> Have they ever tried any other boba tea brands? They, come do, they do. Daddy, how come you cannot make like this one? <laughs> Actually, they did. And their biggest boba, boba friends, right? Yep. So they go around and drink. Actually, in fact, if you ask me, the biggest spice is my ch- daughter. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> they, they go around. They don't have the hard feeling. They go and see, okay, I'm going to drink this, drink that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I got a lot of feedback from them. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. They're, they're number one market researchers. They are the number two after the mom. Oh wow, wow! Have you have you ever walked into any of your competitors just to buy on your own, just out of curiosity, and then people be like, "All right, all the phone cameras come out already." Hey, Brian, lose here, Brian, lose here. What do we do? What do we do? That's hilarious. No, actually, heaven. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, like for obvious reasons, it'll be quite. It'll be. It'll make the news. That's for sure. If you see Brian walking into the alley, it's gonna make headline news. Imagine like Bill Gates walking into like Apple Apple store. Do you know the most hilarious stuff? Is is all the property owners are good friends? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, so, in so, it's still like a community, so, right? Yeah, you're right. So all of us talk to each other, but but you know, on on the outer layer, we looks like you know we got competing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, the community is so small. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you strike off the community, we all Malaysian. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And and we always actually the hardest and the saddest thing, right, is to always look at at the end of the trend. Mm. If you understand us enough on on this scenario, right, we've been there, done that four times. Mm-hmm. And every time at the end of the trend is the most hardest because all the friends that you started to know at the beginning, when the kickstart, when they ride on the wave, they got eliminated. Ah, oh, right. And, 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 and that industry or, or, or that field become lesser and lesser people. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a very hard feeling because if you understand enough about how we all started at the beginning, right, mm-hmm. is to cultivate culture. When you wanted to cultivate culture, you cannot rely on one brand. No way. Yeah, that's that's true. For, for when when coffee becomes such a tremendous culture in Malaysia, because everywhere you go, you can get coffee. Yeah, from Old Town to Papa Rich to Mama, everywhere else you get coffee, and if not, you go convenience store, you get Nescafe. Yeah, that's culture. So we understand for the culture to be alive for the longest time, the community and the ecosystem must must be there. Yeah, right. It cannot be a single name there. It yeah. has to be a collective. Uh. It must be. So every time the biggest, I think something very hilarious that people doesn't know about how we feel about industry. If we saw our customer doesn't drink our drink, they're drinking our competitor drink, the feeling is happy. Ah, Because you know because, the culture is alive. Because they're drinking. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's, yeah, it, yeah, actually it doesn't necessarily just apply on bubble tea though. It's like yeah. even YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. if we were the only ones doing it, it's kind of sad because like, you know, there's no one to do it with us. But it when will you be s- very demoralized, is he? Yeah. 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 And, and by knowing the fact that the industry is so growing, motivate you. Yeah. So I think, I think what we did, um, so it took us 10 years to get 500 stores, right? But if you understand the store count, right? Our first, our first year to seven years is only 166 stores. Yeah. Mm. And then th- within three years, we grow from 166 stores to, to 525 stores. <laughs> and and in the growth came in the most hardest and tremendous aggressive growth was during the wave. Right. Yeah. While people thinking that, you know, we probably got hit the most. Yeah. That was our biggest growth ever. Yeah. So then we understand that actually the trend cultivate the drinking experience. Mm. 
that that was I was shocked too when I asked Brian the question. I said that you know with all these new stores coming up, what, what big whale and whatever not, you know, is it affecting your business? And he told me, in the first three months of this year, because of that trend, he opened two hundred stores, and I'm like, holy crap! <laughs> it, it, it's re- it's really driven by by this idea, right? Um, people who used to drink, drink more. Yeah. Right? People who doesn't drink, they start, start drinking. To drink. drink. So the the cake become bigger during that time. Oh. So actually, we understand that you know the wave really helps. Okay. Yeah, really yeah. Helps. and I, one thing I realized also like like a lot of these bubble tea places, they at first like back then it was still quite uh, a very china thing like you can say, but now it's really it has really like become a whole national thing. Like, doesn't matter your race or religion, everyone's lining up to get to get some bubble tea. Yeah. I, I mean, Tea Life were the first to actually cater to the mass market. To be yeah. honest, when the new stores started opening, they only co- they only uh, catered to the very yeah Chinese market, and uh, then it caused the whole mas- massive jam in SS15. I hated yeah. going there. <laughs> yeah, I got tapa my palm in or chill. Vanasong cannot. Yeah, and I, then then straight away I was like, okay, that's it. I'm actually, not going there anymore. Whether is it cater for Chinese, Malay, or other races, right? Actually, it's all started from right pricing. Oh. Yeah. So I, I don't think that you know um um our competitor was started with the mean of just serving the Chinese. But I think they're just starting at the pricing that's on premium side. That's yes. why they, they're just getting the different demographic compared to us. Uh, but I think what you you guys like what you said you did with back with Cha Time was get rid of the Chinese the the main Chinese words, right? Yeah. I think that also helped a lot. Because to see something that people can recognize and can read and can understand, it really affects how a consumer will like perceive the brand. So everything everything that we look forward, we unsure about it. <laughs> but everything we look backward, it was so clear. Yeah, yeah. It wow. was so clear that, you know, those are the small little decisions that really brings us to the next level. Next and level. it's something like you didn't anticipate, right? It's totally. like, it's just a decision totally. you guys decided to make. Yeah, I think the gist of it is, is really not just keep trying. And, and of course, as an entrepreneur as well, I know you've grown so much, learned so much. So what would the Brian Lu today tell the Brian Lu 10 years ago when he was just starting off bringing this whole bubble tea business into Malaysia? <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious to what you tell yourself back then now. I think the, the only thing that I probably will just tell myself is just, just step on the so- shoulder and say, oh, luckily you never change your court along the last 10 years journey. Right. Because I, we could have run on a very different path all the way. We could have earned some money and, and went on and do something else. Yeah. And we could have think that, you know, we went this far, let's do something else. So I think what we have done right over the last 10 years is just focus. Focus, yeah. yeah. And because of that laser focus, that, that's where we are today. I think we, we got approached by so many tremendous opportunity, but we always let go and let down all the opportunity because we knew that our calling is just in this. Right. And we, we could imagine that, you know, I can pass this to my small, smaller bride. Mm-hmm. Smaller bride could pass it to smaller, smaller generations, bride. Generations to come. Yeah, for mm-hmm. longest time. So I think that's, that's the different how we started and, and the different how we look at our journey. I want to dwell, yeah. dwell back when you mentioned that, you know, you had a lot of tremendous opportunities. Um, does it, do these opportunities come in forms of exits? Like there's an opportunity for you to kind of like, all oh, right, I'm going to get this whole big chunk and then not worry about it again. I think it's not, not to say it, um, um, I, I want to put it as an exit, but yep. there's a lot of chance of um, opportunity to sell. Right. Yeah. To, to move on. Right. And um, I think the only thing that I cannot imagine myself is, is to lie on the beach, doing nothing else, just sunburn, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see myself work till the last breath. Wow. Yeah, okay. I think that, that's the difference of um, my, my upbringing. I see. I, I was growing up in, in that sort of environment where, where business is always in the blood. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people found passion, but I think very little people found passions that can turn into calling. Mm-hmm. And, and I really want to rhyme with it and, and thinking that this calling will somehow rather lead to right, a, a directions that I wanted to go. That's, a, that's great. I, it's yeah. amazing that you say that because I, 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 I'm not sure if you, you would think the same way. I won't say everybody's like that, but there are a lot of new entrepreneurs in the market these days. They just want to be an entrepreneur because they just want to sell. Yeah. They're like, the, okay, I'm going to build this company five years. Okay, look for the highest bidder. They just sell. They don't kind of look at it but in G- the long term. Jenny, if you look at the last 10 years journey, right? If I can able to recall, right, about five to seven years ago, there's no this word of entrepreneur. Yeah, there wasn't. There, there wasn't this word, yeah. entrepreneur, right? So it was so hype up, right? Everyone want to be, be entrepreneurial community, right? Yeah. Everyone want to create something, right? But but there's always the pitfall. I think because everyone wanted to become and doesn't discover the real calling and purpose around it, mm. people fail. So I think all in all, I think this is what we look look back at the journey and tell ourselves that 
actually we are not chasing for our passion we're just running and chase for our calling and purpose i see yeah wow that's crazy a biochem student coming back and his calling is bubble tea i guess you know you could you could say like bubble tea is biochemistry (laughs) 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 if i were if i were to study marketing at pr i came back mom i want to start a bubble tea shop my mommy what the hell (laughs) yeah i'm like but that's crazy though it's just it's it's, but but the early journey was just just ridiculous just so tough 10 people that I would ask for, you know, like, because the day that I want, really wanted to, to do and, and, and kick off bubble tea business, right? Cousin, relative, friend, child, friends, everyone I asked, right? 10 out of 10 answer? No. Wow. And I have no idea why I've actually looked beyond that no and just go ahead and start the first one. Wow. So I think when, you, when I look back, it's, it's really not just, sometimes... Sometimes it's hearing enough about yourself yeah. and then truly believe that every step you want to do is leading to some purpose behind. Wow. That's, that's inspiring to hear. It's crazy, right? You so many rejections that you've gone through, but so like those people that you approached before, now yeah. they see where you are now, did they come, hey bro, uh, you know, is there an opportunity to be a part of it? Like, you know, your partner. They'd be like, oh, shit, man, I should have said yes when he came to us the last time. Wow, that's, that's crazy. But, but along the way, we also met a lot of people who really give us a chance. Mm, right. Yeah. And, and look back, if we could ever do that the same, I think that's the only thing we want to do. What, what is, yeah. okay, so, I mean, like, you, you, have an, you have experience doing this for the past 10 years. You could, and you have all the experience, all the knowledge in F&B. Are, like, are, are you applying this to all of your other ventures right now or is Bubble Tea your main baby? So I think T-Lab still remain our main baby. And yep. I always say that, you know, we are not good in F&B. Right. We, we are just, we just somehow rather we are in F&B. And because F&B contacts are so huge, right? It yeah. went from mama all the way to fine dining. Yeah. Cafe, selling burgers, selling anything. Food is under F&B. We are just good at this small thing, okay. selling drinks. And, and the only thing, the only laser focus that I allowed myself to focus at is to look at beverages as the whole industry. Oh. All the way from made to order, which is on our industry, made to order, all the way to FMCG. Okay. So I think that's the area that we really truly want to occupy. And, and I asked myself, okay, if I ever went out and sell food, can we do equally successful? The answer is no. Okay. Yeah. And every time when we step out to do restaurants, it's a whole new different learning for us. And we fail so many times. We fail so many times until we need to accept that we're just bad at it. <laughs> we're just so bad at There's it. There's a right? point where you yeah, say, like, okay, la, this is enough. We should stop already. Yeah, we're just so bad at it. And then, and, and then but people still call you FMB coming. Yeah, yeah, we're going to start again. <laughs> so so we, we never give up, mm-hmm. you know, but we, we acknowledge our strength and weakness. Right. And we mm-hmm. understand that the weakness is, is really a lot of aspirational that things we want to do. But those areas that we are not good at is where we are trying to improve. Right. But those areas that we are good at, we should just double down without second thought. Don't think about it, just deep dive. Right. Yeah. So I think this is where we, we wanted mm. to do. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So does that mean we can expect uh, tea life, you know, instant tea life in a can soon? <laughs> FMCG style? I, I think there <laughs> is. Yeah. Was that? Yes. Tea the, life in a can. Like, no, there is. Like, it's a pre-made tea yeah. life. Yes, in, in stores. I have bought before. Yeah. I don't. Oh. So, so, so I think COVID... Um, escalated uh, our three years plan. Oh, wow. wow. So that, that's where the 25 initiative that we put in place during yep. COVID period was one something that we wanted to do for next three years. Ah, so okay. we escalate that between that, that three to four months and knowing exactly, oh, it was fantastic trade trial for us to capitalize on that four months to try what we're trying to do in the next three years. Wow, that's crazy. And then from there, we realized, shit, we're going to strike off this, 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 not good at, focus on this area. Oh, wow. So I think it was really great testing ground for us. Yeah. And, and I think that four months really tell us that, okay, we just need to focus on these five things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Okay. I think what one of the really natural extension is, is to really run into fast moving goods. Mm. And I think what, one of the, the greatest confidence for us to, to tell us that I think we are ready to get to, to that is because of our tea life and walls ice cream. Yeah. We have never extended our product beyond our own Store. industry, mm-hmm. which means that we extended our product into ice cream. Yeah. yeah. Something totally not related to us. We done that, it was a runaway success. And then we realized that actually the name has got the brand equity in the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that brand equity allows us to really capitalize it and try to do something else that utilizing or capitalizing on tea life name. Yeah. So I think this is what we're trying to do over the next six months to really use tea life lean to venture into different food related stuff. I think this is I think this is where you really 
make make it like uh, literally a household name already. I because when I imagine like if you move into FMCG, you go into the grocery stores and you see products you want to buy for your house. And I think this is where you, you really plant it. Because like we, a household we, name. we realize that you know um, physical expansion are so limited, right? Mm-hmm. Because even to COVID, right? It's even harder and struggle because you never know that you know which area become locked down, which yeah. area become red zone, and will the same rate come back, right? So we realize the only way for us to truly penetrate the home leisure or even beyond, right, is to go to every single channel, mm. from retail to offline channel to online, all the way to mom and pop stores. Wow. And the only the only way to go to a mom and pop stores is to go into FMCG, and your bottled drinks is sitting on the That's, fridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the, that's the only penetration way. Like wow. imagine like if I go and eat like some some mom and pop restaurant, and they can have like tea life as one of the drink so options. We, so or, we always say that you know um. If we go to all these um, um, roadside cafe and all this, like, mm-hmm. like Penang Cafe and all this, a lot, right? When you open a fridge, 100 plus and all this, what about one day is all tea, tea, tea products? Wow. And, and I think that's always the question we ask ourselves. Yeah, it's like you go there, you, you can order a Milo, you can exactly. order a Nescafe. I can go to the mama and say, hey, mom, hey, can, I get a, yeah. can I get a hojicha? Yeah. Can I get, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I get a, a, you know, a, a fresh milk bang bang? Yeah. <laughs> so so there, there's a lot of possibility. I think once the brand um, has got a good equity, mm-hmm. good wheel, I think that's when we really want to stretch the brand. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. They did it all in 10 years. Right. Yeah. 10 is long though. Yeah. No, it's not. 10 years fast, dude. <laughs> Should we just quit our jobs and open a bubble tea store? <laughs> Yeah. Hey, then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, uh, you know what? Thank you so much for uh, being on the show today. I think like, you know, there's a, there was a lot to learn uh, just having a conversation with you. Thanks, bro. It's really inspiring. Uh, just and, and I really thank you for really being really open and sharing you, the ups and downs on T-Life. Before we go, would you like to tell our listeners anything or if you have anything to say? Apart from buying T-Life. <laughs> <laughs> So I think what, what, what really I keep true to my mantra, I always say that, right? It's just three things, right? It's start big, sorry, think big, yep. start small and scale fast. Right. And mm. that's application starts in, in, in all phases of life. Yeah. And really just begin everything from thinking big. But while we think big, right, our feet are always on the floor. <laughs> we start very small. Yeah, right. But once we discover the right formula, we just scale. We just continue that, scale it. That's a great mantra. It, it yes. was a very, very short um, thought process, but it always works to, right. our, yeah, to our mantra. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Thank you yeah. very Thanks, much, buddy. Brian. Thank I you. definitely learned something today. I know. No. <laughs> uh, that's all we you. step in the right, right. S- the right stream and then we scale from there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, thank Thanks, you so buddy. much for listening. Uh, we hope you guys took away something from today's show. Uh, Ryan, what did you take away? That's exactly what I just said there. Think, think big, start small, and scale fast. I think yeah. that's super. We can use it in any aspect of your life. All right. Okay, share this with your friends. Uh, you can stream us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch our beautiful faces on YouTube as well. Uh, Jenny Boy TV Hangouts is where we are. You can follow us on our socials. And if you want to suggest any or anyone that we should speak to in the future, let us know. Thank you so much for Thank speaking with us. Talk Thank to you guys so next time. time.